Yeah, what is going on, everybody? We bike with another episode of From My Experience Podcast. Yes, my phone is not muted. I'm going to try to keep the high-energy intro stuff rolling. What's good? What up? What happening? Wherever you at listening to this, you're going to want to turn it up. You're going to want to tune in. You're going to get a notepad. You're going to want to take some notes because y'all about to get a bunch of gems, especially fellas, 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 fellas. You're going to need this episode. I personally need this episode. and I'm probably going to open up a little bit more than I usually do because I need some answers. I need a bit of clarity, but... First and foremost, I want to thank all of our subscribers, everyone on the Instagram page, everyone in the Facebook group. We love y'all. Thank you for our loyal listeners. As always, we hope you are taking care of yourself mentally, physically, and financially. Our, well, one of our special guests, I just call her a co-host. She's a co-host. I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say it. I'm She's, here. Y'all stuck. I'm just gonna be showing up, whether you invite me or yes. not. Go ahead, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We have Nella B back with us again. What's up? What's up? It's your girl Nella B. I'm so happy to be here with you guys today, Rob. Like I said, I'm gonna show up whether you invite me or not. I'll just be lurking in the shadows. <laughs> you know I'm gonna answer if you call on Skype. Right. So I mean, why not? And y'all should recognize that voice for from the Love and Lust Toolkit um, ad that is running through the show. Make sure you get yours. Special promo codes in the comments. Put on my sexy voice for that one. So. <laughs> you did, yo. <laughs> you did. How many of y'all had the Google repertoire? <laughs> That's French. That's French. <laughs> Fuck with your girl. But Rob, how are you? Rob is doing... A- pretty damn well i i can't complain things things are going pretty well um yeah i just found out i get to sit on my ass for another four months because we're doing all virtual start yeah i imagine that would be harder though to like keep things in in order it will be yeah (laughs) it will be we'll figure it out but you got it you're you're equipped you got it thank you for the vote of confidence (laughs) i am just over here Chillaxing, trying to keep my family alive, trying to keep myself alive. Please do. (laughs) So, you know, making that happen. But I'm super excited for this show. Like you said, I think everybody is definitely going to want to tune in with their notebooks, pens, pencils, whatever. Write in pencil, guys, because you're going to learn some stuff that's going to be like, Total out of totally out of your purview, but today we have a licensed professional counselor on the screen. Like she's got a whole bunch of alphabet soup, so I'm gonna let her tell y'all about that. But she is my bestie. I talk to her daily. She don't know that I'm trying to get free gems out of her. You know, like you know. But now, now I guess she does. So that ruins it for me. But everybody, welcome Miss Christian Jackson, authoress and licensed professional counselor here on the show today. Hey, 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 y'all. I'm so excited. We are glad to have you. I have been stalking the show for a minute, and it's finally my time. I'm pumped. Let's get you it. I have a ride. I'm famous for real now. Yes. I apologize, too. I apologize. Y'all, it's my fault. It's taking so long. I asked her way back in May to be on. Uh, we connected in May. And, yeah, i just been doing too much. So, But we here now. We 
Right. We're here. I told you the time it was going to be what it was going to be. I ain't going no place. So <laughs> here we are. Very <laughs> true. So I, don't, I don't know where to start with you. I don't I don't know where to start with you. There's so many layers. Oh. There are. I was going to say, I already told the people you're an authoress, you're a licensed mm-hmm. professional counselor. Like, I know there are other letters behind your name. So what? tell us a little bit about what you do. Yes. So on the on the professional tip, sorry, y'all. It's a lazy Sunday <laughs> afternoon. I'm sitting here watching Glee. I'm oh, not really. You I don't really, turn it off. Pause it. I did. I paused it. I'm just like super in my relaxed mode right now. So I'm gonna try to be as put together for this show as I can. But don't be put um, together. Professionally. Relax. Okay. Cool. So I'm gonna pour myself a shot then. Um, so yes, on the professional tip. I'm a licensed professional counselor. I've been practicing for six years as a therapist, Mm. um, two and a half years fully licensed, and I'm now kind of bringing others into the fold. I'm a clinical supervisor as well, so um, I'm finishing up that licensure too. I'm a certified addictions counselor, so that's what that CAC is. I help people in recovery from drug and alcohol use, and I'm a national certified counselor, which I don't really know what that means, Jess. You know what that means? (laughs) We both have that credential. And I'm like, paying for them damn letters. I don't know what they for. I'm not quite sure. But <laughs> we pay for annually and annually. people are like, oh, you do yeah, whatever that is. You know, I think it's all a money game. Just like, you know, if you want to be real though, we were talking the other day about the pharmaceutical game, you know what I'm saying? So I'm paying all this damn money for an extra set of letters. I'm not really sure what to do with it. Because it's not like we can go from state to state anyway. That's a whole different soapbox. But those are what my letters mean. So I um, have found like this niche, niche. You were just talking about French in here. I'm not really sure how to pronounce that that I've word. Heard both. <laughs> I don't know. I interchange the hell out of them two words. Let me tell you. Right. So you know, I have found my my uh, specific calling, if you will, within the counseling realm. So. I consider myself a trauma specialist. Um, I do ongoing uh, education about it because I really enjoy sitting with people and holding space for people who are survivors of various types of trauma. The specific training that I have in trauma is for um, people who are survivors of sexual assault. And I did that for a year straight um, and got really great grooming and training and education around trauma-specific interventions, meaning um, not only can I just, you know, do some CBT with you and teach you how to think and kind of change the way you think and help you see different light of things, you know, we also have to know the biology behind trauma and all that kind of stuff too. So um, professionally, that's what I do. And that's my training. I'm a co-owner in a private practice, Yana Counseling Services. Shout out to Tyler and Narumi. We are um, about three years old and we are stationed here, if you will, in Columbia, South Carolina. Right now on our laptops, paying rent at this stupid space we're not even using right now because of the Rona, but whatever. (laughs) Whatever. Damn COVID. So um, we have a proper practice, and that's been fun um, being an entrepreneur, slowly but surely learning myself there because that's hard. You know, I can do the thing. You know, I can be a therapist, but being a businesswoman is an entirely different thing. But yet and still, I keep birthing new things. So um, on another tip, I'm co-owner of a professional development firm, if you will. I'm rocking our t-shirt, actually. Hood Boys Need Therapy, too. 
Hey, uh, very true. So, <laughs> it, that is something that it's actually a professional development firm that I have with a great friend and colleague, Tina Phillips. Shout out to you, JP Training. Um, we started almost a year ago, our, our birthday's coming up, with this one training that we were supposed to do just one time that talks about the implications of trauma on black boys, black and brown boys. Um, and that thing took off across the state. We've done it several times in the last year. We actually just did a training two weeks ago, trying to teach people at the top how to identify the symptoms specifically for black and brown boys and like how that looks in trauma. Um, and, you know, talking about trauma um, interventions and making sure that the people at the top don't let our boys fall between the cracks because yeah. that's um, and we've been doing this work. That's how we give back. And so um, it's just very timely now that, you know, of course, we're getting all the, all the nice Black Lives Matter calls now. Hey, right. can you teach us how to treat these black and brown boys? Sure. As long as you got these coins. Um, so that's what we do. <laughs> um, on that end. And then, you know, I've just launched my little Couch with Christian brand that is slowly. Uh -uh. No, ma'am. I'm not going to let you do that. I'm about to say. Ain't, ain't no little nothing. So you launch what now? I'm sorry. Um, the up and coming, amazing couch with Christian brand. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> Much better. That's what I thought you said before. I wasn't sure. Like. You know, she. I'm just out here doing what I do. I just, um, I'm really excited again, learning about myself as a businesswoman, kind of what that looks like for me. And Jessica, you and I talk every single day, so we've talked about like how it looks to find yourself. You know, right. yeah. professionally. So it's like, do I want the pretty grids on IG? And do I want all these nice colors? I don't even have a logo for Couch of Christian. It is my beautiful face. And that is it. That's <laughs> all you need. And I'll just be throwing content out there. Because for me, it's important just for the information to come out. So with Couch of Christian on my IG page, I just share a bunch of random facts about mental health. I do my mental health minute, which I've actually been doing for about a year and a half on my personal IG page. And then finally decided just to kind of stream it. I'm streamlining on Couch with Christian. So um, we're just going to see what happens. I wrote a book, yeah. which I guess we're talking about today. Yeah. Hey. So I'm excited about that. But um, that's what I do on the professional realm. You know, I'm a true millennial to the heart. I'm a slasher. I do lots of things. <laughs> but, you know, my umbrella, my mission, if you will, is to break the stigma about mental health, especially in the black community um, and normalizing that thing. So I'm just doing that in all different ways that I know how to do. Um, I'm not listening to the um, the older people who have said, Christian, sit down. You're doing too much. Because I'm like, bro, I got lots of talents. So why can't you just do me? I am learning to, you know, find those couple of things. So I'm not a, a master of none, per mm -hmm. se. Yeah. But, I mean, I have fun trying new stuff. I mean, yeah. Chill. You sound You sound like me for, like, the last six or seven years of my life i was the same way and now i'm at a point to where i've really narrowed it and focused in like kind of you said what what i've mastered in this podcast being this podcast has really shown me that the other some of the other yep. stuff i was doing i was like i can let that go it's okay um so i mm -hmm. definitely feel you i'm glad you're spreading yourself and letting people mm -hmm. experience all of your wonderful talents and sharing those with the world don't ever stop yes thank you i'm gonna take that as a word on this nice sunday Today. Oh gosh, okay. you can't take that as a word from the person drinking that beer. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about this book. Oh yes, let's get into it. What y'all want to know? Well, what is it? Tell it's, us, tell us, tell the people what it is and how they can find it. 
So, first of all, the book is on sale. Now, I will mention this a couple of times, but you can go to <laughs> com and you can buy it right now www.couchwithchristian.com you can get the book on Amazon so that really made me feel famous I mean I know it's not much apparently to get your book on Amazon but I'm <laughs> so um, you can get the Kindle version there um, and you can pre-order the workbook that comes with it so let's just dive into this thing um, I wrote a book a year ago I was underutilized at this one place I used to work at and so I was like hey I'm going to use all my free time <laughs> write a book hmm. I've always wanted to write a book so um it was something that I think guys laid on my heart that I needed to really kind of get some just crap off my chest out of my head about my own relationship with my dad so um background about me my dad and I have had a very difficult go of things since I was an adult we've had a really crappy relationship and I talk about that in the book because there's a huge plot twist and turning point in the book that really defined a good 10, 12 years, the past 10 or 12 years of my life, where you really are in that stage where you're trying to find yourself. So I had really kind of, it kind of came to a head when I was really kind of um, wrapping up my promiscuous days, if you will. <laughs> 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 the bow on that, you know? Oh, that thing, you know, I was like, I can't do this thing forever. I'm getting tired. My body's changing. I'm a mama now, married. Like, I just have to get my life together. So I, it came to a head around that time where I was like, I really am just tired emotionally. All these things, I need to get this out. Um, it's a combination of things, too. The book, I wrote it because it's a therapeutic piece for me because I needed to process a lot of this the crap that was just going on. Um, and then, you know, as a therapist, women primarily come to me for therapy that's just how it is men don't really come although i love when they do call i have three right now i love working with men um but the women that were coming to my couch they were triggering the hell out of me i was like Ooh. sis me too <laughs> this is me you were telling my story and when we do therapy just you notice like we start out with the assessment that's what we get all in your business as you say <clears throat> and we have to get a background on your physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, social history. Like I need to know right. everything and try to get down in that thing and call you out on stuff later, make connections. So the theme is daddy issues for the most part. We have to kind of sit on that family of origin piece. We got to talk about who raised you, who was your village, who influenced you because that shapes, you know, your worldview, your values, your morals, how you are in relationships. And so what I started to find was all these women were having difficult relationships with their dads. And so when we are doing therapy, we have to write clinical notes. I have to write up your assessment and kind of write a conceptualization is what they call it of like who you are after meeting you for an hour. <laughs> but we have to do it for billing purposes and just to kind right. of refer back. So basically the book was writing itself because I'm writing all these stories because throughout the book, I am setting the stage and sharing anecdotes from women that I know. So, um, you know, through therapy. So obviously I changed their name because I try and lose my license. We just talked about all my letters trying, trying to lose them, right. <laughs> you know? Don't lose the alphabet. It's expensive. I the alphabet suit. So obviously for confidentiality purposes, their names are changed, but the book is a manual. That's what I like to call it. I've come to call it that because um, it is my story. So yes, it's autobiographical. I'm being super vulnerable and <laughs> sharing everybody with everybody, like my story, um, but also, I am really trying to break the stigma, like I said, of mental health, but specifically about daddy issues. Because y'all know it has such a negative connotation when people say you have daddy issues. It, you yes. Get all kind of thing, right? right? So 
the book is um, structured because so that you know what daddy issues is. So I made up a diagnosis based on a couple of different diagnoses out of the DSM-5, which is the book that we use to diagnose, mm -hmm. um, you know, anxiety, depression, all those things as therapists that we use. <clears throat> that issues ain't in there. So I said, let me just make it up. Um, so I went through with kind of like looking at patterns and themes from the women that I was seeing. So I saw a lot of uh, rejection issues, abandonment, insecurity issues, trust issues, mm. all those things linking to the anchor, right? Which is our family, you know, our daddy in this case. So I wrote about daddy issues to women. That's what this book is for. Um, but like you said, Rob, earlier, I'm so interested to hear what you have to say on the male's perspective. I, that's why I've been dying to, <laughs> to get to you so I can hear what you have to say. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot, but I really want to know, because even your initial feedback for reading the chapter you read that I sent a while ago, like, I was like, oh, I didn't even think about how men could actually kind of understand this more. So um, I'm hoping that this comes out of that, too. So the book is it is based on this diagnosis I wrote based on all those different criteria, because that's just what we saw. You know, and it, obviously there are caveats, there are other variables and factors that go into all that stuff. But I'm giving you like that window of daddy issues. Like how does a relationship with your dad or the lack of relationship with your dad affect all these things? Um, mm -hmm. So you have this diagnosis. I'm explaining to you what daddy issues is um, and giving you a, a quick blurb about different types of women, which, you know, we can talk about, I guess, as the show goes on. But <clears throat> <laughs> how about we talk I, about the time go ahead yeah i, I was i was gonna say i wanted to ask so i know rob definitely wants to get into the type of women and i think that's important but you you're talking about like daddy issues impacting all of these things what are the things that you have seen daddy issues impact Ooh. like you know where are you seeing the impact on um on people from daddy issues it is always okay so i have a consultation with someone right and they're like <laughs> i do like a 15 minute hey you know you hit me up you want therapy what's up and so they'll usually say and these are women they'll say um my man is tripping and he think i need therapy or whatever and i, I kind of always thought that i had this thing you know what i'm saying where old dude was acting up and i really like it but you know i know i need to be with somebody but i'm not really sure i just know that i just need to get me some i need to have him around or right. her around whatever it is you know what i'm saying they will always be like i don't trust people i don't rock with people like that you know what i'm saying i don't trust people like that i don't trust them as far as i can throw them trust 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 it's always mm -hmm. back to the lack of that or i just don't think i can do this i'm not really sure if this job is for me if this person is for me or if I look the way he want me to look or how she wants me to look or I don't know if I'm the greatest mama you know what I'm saying my kids right. they just I don't know what it is about my son but he really does he be taking me there I don't know we just be butting heads or the woman that says oh I don't get along with women I don't do females oh you really, <laughs> I've heard that one a so lot much. I hear that so much and a lot of that is it's all it's for me it's so clear now when i see that lack of trust it's usually a lack of trust in themselves mm -hmm. so you are triggering me so much to the mm -hmm. point where i don't even trust myself around you so i'm just gonna push you away because i can't really handle this type of relationship whether that be a co-worker or a friendship or with you and your son or your daughter whatever it may be it's always about what the other person is not doing and there's a lack of accountability right, right. So, um that that's pretty it's pretty common that's only like the tip of the iceberg right yeah there. And I've been that, like, I don't rock with girls, girls. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have, 
if anybody would have told me I would have been in a sorority, I'd have been like, you's a liar. Okay. Like <laughs> never in a million years. So like, who are these women? Like, tell us about the women you're going to yes. let us give us insight on in the book. Who I need to run from and who I need to study for. Hold the page up. I'm looking at hold the page up. <laughs> so in the book here um let me see we go to the archetypes which my my editor actually she um suggested that i do it's actually on page 32 here um, i start to outline who these women are so um i gotta say um one of our other best friends is um great hey michelle she was she she called me she she called me out. She was like, bro, like, I know you're writing this book about daddy issues, but I have a daddy. Wait, and wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Girls call each other, bro. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's not that funny. We feel too. We feel deeply as well. Oh. You know, I said, and I, I treat a lot of teenagers for a while, and so I have to talk like them. That's probably why that comes out. That's that's just Christian. I don't know. That's Jessica never funny calls me, bro. To me. I think about it. It's just me. This is you. So maybe she was just like, um, sis. I don't know. But she was like, I had a daddy. Um. I love him and I'll buy your book, but how is it going to pertain to me? Mm. So that prompted me to write about the first archetype, the daddy's girl. Um, and so I give you a blurb about who she is. Basically, she's the one who's had her dad in, his, in her life. She's He's been supportive to her, um, doted on her even, you know. So I share a story about one of my clients who actually did have a great relationship with her father. He supported everything she did, encouraged her, was there for her the whole time, praised her. She came to me because she had so much anxiety. <laughs> she was like, I just don't know what it is. Me and my boyfriend are living together. I mean, things are going well. My job is going good. I just can't get over the fact that she had this I am responsible kind of narrative in her head all the time. Part of that was because she had to take care of her father. He was, um, I think he had like ALS or something like that. But when she took criticism or had it she didn't really take the criticism to be honest she would receive criticism uh -huh. or hear it hear feedback and she couldn't process it and so after a while i just had i, I get like super i can get a little ratchet with my clients you know depending on, after we build a little relationship rapport i'm like sis you you don't like to be told that you did something wrong what <laughs> what is what's really good with that and she said <clears throat> we got to the point where she realized that she had received so much praise that she didn't know how to receive anything different. Ooh. So whether it came from her boss, it was it was interesting. She was like, but I've always gotten all A's and was like in all the clubs and was amazing. Like, how are you gonna tell me as an, an, in her early adulthood that I'm not doing the right thing? Like I've always been the overachiever type of thing. So it was weird for her to hear those things because her father has set such a high expectation for the praise that she was used to receiving. So obviously her dad had good intentions to like, you know, pour into her and make sure she had an amazing foundation of self-esteem. But was it really that strong enough of a self-esteem if she really couldn't take, you know, that that feedback? So that was what prompted me to add the daddy's girl caveat in there. There's another friend I have that she says that uh, her dad does everything for her. So like he would meet her and like move stuff for her, hang stuff for her, whatever she's single, like in her younger 20s. And she said that She's like, maybe I think that that's probably why I'm single because you know I have like, 
Right, all these expectations for these dudes I meet, and she was like, they're not doing it like my daddy. So they're wrong automatically. Damn it, Christian. You pause. What's up? What's coming to your mind, bro? What's you literally just hit. Okay, when you said daddy issues, you nailed two of my exes immediately. <laughs> immediately. When you said that, you nailed them. You didn't get the whole word out. But just what you just said just now nailed the third one. Mm, Nailed really? the third one. Wow. I didn't even think about this type of relationship that um, a young lady could have with her father as a quote unquote or could be an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Oh for sure. God. And you know, like, Rob, it's, it's actually why I haven't even like gotten into my book yet. And I don't know if I've talked to you about this yet, Christian, but my dad died, right? Mm-hmm. And so I have this like very idealized image of him. Um, that I don't want to break. I don't want to read this book and realize, you know what, your daddy wasn't that great. So you're you're absolutely right. Like we hold our daddies in high esteem. You know those daddy girls. Um, but who else is in this book? Because you talked about like putting a a bow on your promiscuous activity, and I've been there as well. Is is that an archetype of of daddy's issues? Yes. Why? Yes, it is. Um, so, um, <laughs> um, and I want to loop back to what you said too about your own dad, just because I did have a couple of girls reach out that said they felt guilty for even saying they had daddy issues. Like the issues yeah. part is like really triggering for them because they're like, my daddy was there. So, um, I, I can explain later, like why I, I named it that. You know, when mm-hmm. the actual title of the book. But yeah, the other like I first of all have been all these women that I'm writing about. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a combination of a lot of them. So the promiscuous type is someone else that I described to you all in the book as an archetype of a woman with daddy issues. And she's the one who just liked to just get it in at all times. And did she really like it? No. Sex wasn't good for me for a long time. As much of it as I had, I wasn't really into it. I was into validation. I was into someone telling me I'm cute. Because by the time I got to college and, like, gotten over like that awkward phase and my braces was off and I was cute, you know what I'm saying? Oh <laughs> you know, I used to love a good Kappa party, a pretty nasty party, you know, like, mm-hmm. I just was like, oh my word, like, I'm I'm here for it, Rob. That wasn't to stroke your ego by any means. That didn't stroke my ego. I'm thinking about my ex-girlfriends now. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to see these women, right? But like, oh it, it wasn't always about sex. It was just about the fact that I am hungry for something that I wasn't getting. So if I I didn't get validation or words of affirmation from my dad, and not because he was telling me that I was terrible, it's just that he just didn't tell me that I was pretty or smart or whatever. Like I would know that he was proud of me, but I just had to assume that by the fact that he wasn't telling me that I was doing something wrong, if that makes sense. (laughs) So being promiscuous, um, for me, it was a physical choice I made to have sex with a lot of people um and that was just a search that I had for something that I wasn't that I didn't get or something that I thought I needed to kind of keep attention because I wanted to be relevant it's like so many things I go back now after being trained as a therapist and really sitting down in that thing and my own stuff that really taught me but damn Christian that's why he was doing that stuff (laughs) like you know that didn't even feel good and I'm not talking about like physically intimate just like an emotional connection like you went out to dinner with this dude why because he said you was cute (laughs) like what does that matter 
So that is actually part of why I wrote the book and named it Daddy Issues because of the fact that society, you know, you talk about a woman with daddy issues, she's the hoe. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Or she's yeah. the gold digger, which is the other archetype I write about, the gold digger. But, you know, I submit to y'all that she may not be just digging for gold, if you will, quote unquote. She's digging for validation and security, um, intimacy, you know, an emotional yeah. connection. <laughs> Rob, why are you making that face? <laughs> I know you look so hurt. I need to pause. What's going on, bro? I feel like I'm reading you. I'm so sorry. I'm making faces because your book would be infinitely beneficial to men. Coming from someone who's, I mean, you know, straight men who Mm -hmm. date women, everything you're saying is resonating with me um, heavily. Uh-huh. Very heavily. And it, I'm actually comforted because typically, guys, you know, if we get cheated on and she says daddy issues, but she's not in therapy and she can't really give you a direct answer and she's trying to describe things, most of the time we're like, that's bullshit. You just wanted to smash these other niggas, blah, blah, blah. Like, we we try to find a reason to be angry because in that moment you're hurt. So you, you're not really looking for understanding and caring. Um, that's what happened with my first relationship. But this most recent one, we've known each other so long, and I still, to this day, feel like I know her very well. I know that it was a deeper issue. You weren't trying to hurt me. You were, like you said, you were looking to fulfill something that I couldn't fulfill. You just didn't know how to tell me. And it wasn't that I was doing anything wrong. It was just something is going on with you and you don't know what to do with it so you did what you did and um yeah it's just really making me think about that a lot and that's that's something that most of most guys we don't think about which is why we gotta have deeper conversations like if you want to be with someone for real for real and be in a long-term relationship you need to talk to her about, you know, how's your relationship with your parents? How's your relationship with your father? You need to ask these questions. These are questions that I asked. And I knew early on she didn't have a good relationship with her dad. Like, I could just tell. Mm. And we Mm -hmm. talked about it, but she never delved deep into it. It was always, oh, you know, he never said this or that. It was very surface level. Like, I never really found out what happened. Because I think something Mm -hmm. happened. But I don't know, and I probably never know now. So... Uh-huh. it's just really I'm really soaking in what you're saying yeah I just wanted to go back to something you said like it was nothing that you did or didn't do you know what I'm saying like I love that you brought that up and have accepted that it sounds like because if she if she don't even know what she's missing then how's she gonna tell you and Jessica you say that all the time about sex you know if you don't right. know what pleasures yourself you know then how are you gonna tell your partner that is such a crucial point like and that is a huge reason why I wrote the book the way that I did and laid it out like yeah. ABC one two three so that you can see like I need to see what's going on with me you know and be okay quote unquote in my singleness if that's where you are in your stage of life or just kind of be where you are with your partner and kind of take that step back because you can't treat people how to treat you if you don't know what you need or if you don't know how to treat yourself so that was a great point and i think so this is i mean that leads us to two really in two really good directions y'all tell me where Mm -hmm. y'all want to go because Mm -hmm. we can talk about like um how does a woman even know that she has daddy issues because like you were saying rob is like she knew there was something and she was saying well he never said or he never did but she couldn't identify that this was a daddy's issue. Right. Or we can go in the direction of 
what does daddy issues in dating look like? Um, should you be dating with daddy issues? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that's the direction where I was to go in. Like, what does that look like, Christian? Yes. How do we make sense of this kerfuffle of, of stuff? Yes, sis. So I can I can answer that first question real easy. How do you know you have daddy issues? Yeah. Your life. The end. Um <laughs> <laughs> into it online which I don't do um, but I I advertised this book on like a some group on Facebook and you know I'm getting all these you know loves and thumbs up and this dude was like oh my gosh I'm so excited for this book because um, I used to love a woman with daddy issues because they were so easy and I used to smash all the time oh and it was my cool. god but he was like now you know what I'm saying like I'm really I'm grown quote unquote, right. you know, I really think that all you women need to get this book to see what's wrong with you type of thing. So I responded in, you know, a very loving way because, you know, I'm, a, I'm an authoress on the rise. I ain't want to, you know, get super ignorant, but I was yeah. just like, um, thank you. For, thank you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, you know, thank you for your, your comment. Um, but my argument is that both men and women have daddy issues. Yes. You know, I have something coming for the fellas down the line that my brother is going to help me and consult with me on. Yay! Exclusive. I'm so excited about that. But anyway, um, you're alive, and it's really it's on a it's on a spectrum. And I yes. when I'm in therapy, I always tell my clients, like, like you don't like to say that you might be depressed. That's what I always hear. I don't want to call it depression. I'm like, bro, like <laughs> you out here. Call it what you want. Oh, what it is, you know. But what I see is this, you know, it's on a spectrum. You may not be like the woman who was sexually abused by her father, which I just met a client the other day, and we're about to work through that. Um, but you may have had like a man who was, you know, your father figure, or he was your father, and he was emotionally unavailable. Like it's on a yeah. spectrum. You're somewhere you fall somewhere on there. So I think the first step to even addressing your daddy issues is kind of knowing that you have them to some yeah. degree. And be ready to acknowledge that thing, you know, before yeah. you start dating. Ooh, this is juicy. Yo, wait. <laughs> I'm gonna say this. I can give you some input on the daddy issues from the male perspective as well, because I have those as well. And I want to say this to y'all: stop mm -hmm. thinking of the word "issue," not y'all, but the audience. Stop yeah, thinking the yeah. word "issue" means this this nasty, negative, super duper thing. It's a synonym, y'all. It's like it's something, right. it's something that's going on with you that you need to deal with. Don't think, oh my god, I have an issue. <laughs> it's life is over. No, where did that accent come from? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was Solomon, though. I'm not like Solomon. I'm not like. I'm feeling the conversation. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you know, there's a theory, uh, Christian, I don't know if you use it in your practice, but I use some Imago theory, and it basically is like we choose partners to heal wounds from childhood, right? So um, I I had a stepfather, my, my birth father's deceased, but I had a stepfather, and he is aggravating as all hell. Love him, love him, but he's aggravating. But I married him. You know, like, Carl is that guy. And so it's like, I see myself working out my issues with my stepfather, with my husband. Oh my word, I married my daddy too, Jess. <laughs> so, and I mean, and it, it is weird, especially when they're in the same place. And I'm like, 
no. Like I have literally said, hey, daddy, and both of them have answered. So that theory, I imagine women when they're dating don't even realize that they're dating men who are very similar to their dads. Yes, I don't, yes. I don't understand why. You know, I didn't get that till one of my homeboys was like, he he <laughs> he was promiscuous. And it was funny. <laughs> he was like, yo, you know, when you date chicks, you really know what their relationship, you need to know what their relationship was like with their parents because that's the first relationship that they know. And that's typically what they go off of when they look for a guy. It's like, we do it. It's like, it's subconscious. Like, I'm not looking for someone that's just exactly. like, you have to be like my mom, but my mom cooks, my mom cleans, my mom's very nurturing, my mom's very caring. And every girlfriend that I have has been like that. And it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, yeah, when I look back and compare. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I answered this question the other day in another um, interview I did. And she was like, do we date our dads? And I said, I mean, I guess so. I mean, I married mine. And, and the, like, emotional, un unavailable-ish way. Yeah. Like, you know, Tony would never do to me what my dad did. <laughs> Um, which you'll have to read the book to find out. Mm, cliffhanger. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I think that I, if I look at it through a lens of trauma and kind of like that um, that trauma bonding piece where trauma bonding meaning yeah. like um, it, it's the easiest way to explain trauma bonding is like a, a woman who is a survivor of intimate partner violence or IPV, which is formally called domestic violence. You know, it's just new language that we're using. So they'll say, why she ain't leave that nigga? You know, whatever, you know, why she's still staying? She's taking all this stuff. Well, that's the trauma bond or mm -hmm. like the the um, sex worker who is, you know, loyal to her employer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, or the woman who was being trafficked or the child who's being trafficked. You know, there's a lot of grooming and brainwashing that goes into it and you just feel a sense of loyalty to the person who is harming you um that you may not even see it as harm so that i kind of look at it through that lens um as it relates to like why we would be attracted to our parents mm -hmm. even though it may not have been the healthiest relationship because <clears throat> i've had survivors of trauma sexual trauma even who have said you know like we've worked through this thing we have gotten to through something we made progress and sis is like really getting it in she know how to take care of herself but then she's like this is weird because i'm calm and i'm at peace what is this like i don't know how to be without my anxiety like this is so weird and i told my own therapist that i was like because she and i worked through my daddy issues legit for a year straight and she was like um and i told her i was like i really don't feel like this urge to like whatever nervous habit i had at the time i forget what it was now look deliverance um <laughs> so, <laughs> but she was just like it's it's like anxiety is like our our friend you know and we kind of get used to living with it so even with like you know the social climate and you know the racial climate and everything happening now i think i saw a meme about how black people you know we're used to this name like we we've dealt with racism in our, our entire lives <laughs> you know what i'm saying like the microaggressions and things so you don't even know the difference so if i'm dating my dad or dating my mom or whatever the case is it's like well this is just kind of what i know whether it's healthy or unhealthy maybe you don't know the difference uh, maybe you don't care what the mm -hmm. difference is or you just think it may be uncomfortable to date somebody different because you wouldn't know how to handle that. You know, us staying on our toes, sometimes we just avoid that kind of work. So mm -hmm. that is 
that is kind of what I'm thinking about when it comes yeah. to dating our, our parents. And one of the things that I thought about is changing that relationship by proxy. You know what I mean? So, like, my relationship with Carl is very loving, and, and I feel heard, mm-hmm. whereas with my dad, I was, like, shut down, not able to ask questions, not able to express myself. And so it's like, if I have a good relationship with Carl, who is very much like my dad, then by proxy, I have a good relationship with my dad. And although as a therapist, I know that's like totally irrational. That doesn't make sense. But But, in my, in my head mm -hmm. as a just regular person, because I'm not a therapist 24 hours a day, Mm -hmm. um, that makes sense to me. And, and it has, I think it has shown my dad something different too. And I had the opportunity for that. So I know we have to read the book to know what happens Mm -hmm. with you and your dad and how that ends. Mm -hmm. But can you give us a sneak peek on maybe where you, where you are with that, with your dad or, you know, what changed for you maybe? Sure, because shit is out there now. People got the boat there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do want to piggyback on what you said, though, Jess, because that is so true. Like, I, I talk about therapy in the beginning. Like, people come to me a lot of the times for the first time ever in therapy, and they'll be like, I don't really know if I'm saying or doing this right or whatever. And I'm like, just talk, sis, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I describe therapy as, um, you know, reparenting yourselves. You get to parent your inner child, right? So the younger self is triggered when something uncomfortable comes. It's like our trauma response, right? So I have this emotional threat. When my parents were arguing, which I talk about in the book, then my fight or flight mode would be to withdraw. Like I was a withdrawal my whole life. And I watched my mom like walk out of the door and slam the door. I mean, my brother didn't know she was coming back. Like that was scary. So I learned a lot from that piece. And obviously you have mommy issues too. Spoiler, everybody does. So I learned early on, like if I ever get married, I'm not finna talk to me like that, like right. point blank. So <clears throat> when like six, seven, eight year old Christian comes forward and usually comes forward and me and Tony getting into it, you know, like right. we did that night, you know, <laughs> which usually happens, you know, in marriage. <laughs> but like that Christian vowed at that age i'm never going to feel threatened that like that so i i can see that point that you're making where i am recreating what little christian needed which was to assert herself mm-hmm. and it may not come out the prettiest way but i learned watching again my, when my parents are married their relationship how i said i wasn't going to deal with that so i'm like this is where this is how i came out i'm putting my finger i'm wagging my you know i'm doing all this i'm grabbing air like ricky right. smiley <laughs> 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 you know because I'm, <laughs> this is how you know, I feel safe. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm reaching for something. Ooh, I need right. to write that down. Ooh, I right. like so that. Like, yes, you know, because our, our traumas, our bodies remember. So yes. I need to, girl, yes. I need to pet that. I need to write yes. that down. Yes, I like I'm that. Playing. But, you know, that is, but that is so true what you said, though. Like, I can see it. Like, you have another chance to kind of get it right, if you right. will. You know? right. Um. So what happened with me and my dad, and this is the first time I've ever talked about this out loud in the interview. Oh yeah. I'm pulling yay! it out. But um <laughs> this is like well the 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 issue that happened with me and my dad was very, very long story short. And Jessica, you have watched this whole thing unfold, like personally. But it's um my parents were divorced when I was young. My mom apparently when I was around two years old told daddy that she had slept with some other nigga and I might not be his, right? 
go forward like maybe 20 years. I don't find out until like when I was 21 or like 19, something like that. And so I um, found out that he might not be my dad, went to my daddy and said, yo, let's take a paternity test. He says, I took a paternity test. I'm like, bruh, what's the results? And he didn't want to tell me. So we went five years without talking. He didn't come to my college graduation. Um, even though I invited him, he said no. Um, he had gotten remarried when I was probably a sophomore in college. Um, I think that was right when we stopped talking. He just refused to take this test because he was like, I'm not finna be in no lineup with all these niggas. You're like, whatever, that's your mama talking to your mama about that. I took a paternity test with the guy that she said what could have been the father. The one guy she said was it. That that came back negative so when I went back to my father I was like bro like this came back negative where are the results or oh, let's just take it again let's just just yeah. do it so he wouldn't do it which to me was ultimate rejection on so many levels right like he mm. told me you raised me because it was the right thing to do not because you love me but because it was just you know an image I guess he wanted to portray and I think he loves me and still does um love me then but <clears throat> I do believe that his image and his own trauma you know, his own walls kind of affected the fact that this is like, you know, a huge thing for someone else outside of you. He couldn't see past his own trauma and him protecting himself. But I, um, for years, like in my marriage and my relationship with my husband now, like he would see how I would just be off. My insecurity would shoot up the roof. Mm. I'm literally walking through life feeling like half a person. Because, mm. and I'm thinking about like the client, a couple clients I have that have been adopted and they talk about this, um, duality like not really know who i am I know i'm a whole person but then i'm not type of thing so I, I i didn't go to the doctor for years because you know what do they ask you when you go to the doctors your family fucking history yeah. okay right. and right. i don't have that because mm -hmm. now all of that is called into question so i'm thinking i'm rejected because my dad doesn't want me to know who i am maybe he doesn't want me to be his daughter he's so mad at my mama that he's putting his feelings over uh, over just me and his relationship um, when I got pregnant, I was six months pregnant with our first son, Carter, before I finally started talking to him again. Because I'm like, oh, I guess, you know, I'm pregnant. He knows about it now. I want him to know his grandson. We were good for like the first next, like the first five years of Carter's life. So we're talking, but it was always like this, this thing in the back of my mind. I never brought it up until I think Omari was born. Something happened when we, I brought it up again. I'm like, daddy, like I was in therapy at this point and I, mm -hmm. I was exercising what my therapist told me, which was to bring it up again, assert myself, you know, like parent my inner child. Christian needs to be heard. I really need to solve this because I've gone through two pregnancies not knowing the genetics behind my life. Wow. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, damn, like, you know, they ask all these questions. They want to do genetic testing and all this stuff. And every time I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. So... That was really heavy and I was like you know what now I got two kids and I need to figure this out so I asked my dad to take the test again and he said um he first he tried to like derail it and say he wanted to have a conversation with my mom him and me if your mom missed this one thing then I will take the test and I'm like only you know what that is it's not fair right. that's dumb so oh, he's like God. clearly running so then um then I said, then he gives me this whole story about my mom has slept with all these people and like paints her as this harlot. And I'm like, bruh, that has nothing to do with me. Can you just tell me what happened? So then he's like, uh, finally I asked him, because I let him talk for, I, I remember, 18 and minutes and three seconds on Damn. my phone. Straight. Okay, I didn't say anything. And then I said, okay, so are you telling me that you did take the paternity test? He says, yes. I said, okay, so what were the results? Oh, that's for me to know. What? 
blew my mind, bruh. I went off, and my dad is an expert gaslighter, unfortunately, which means he denies my reality. So he's like, right. you know, you're the crazy one, you know, like, why are you blowing up like this, whatever. Why would you not tell me? Now you're telling me you have the results in, my hand, in your hand, and you didn't. So that was 2017. I haven't spoken to him about this since, so we're on our next stint of however long of not speaking now. But, um, I've seen him at a couple of family events. Unfortunately, they were funerals. But my brother came back to town, and him and I took a paternity test. We did a whole siblings paternity test because we know we have the same mom, and I did all this research online. And it came back 100% that I am my father's biological child. So I'm like, I've lost like 10 or 12 years literally not knowing who I am, sleeping with all these niggas, trying to fill a void, popping off at people, super anxious, just not really feeling settled and grounded. You know what I'm saying? Because that's a, I didn't realize how much of a gut punch that was um, until finally I was seeing that I was going to lose like the best thing that happened to me, my husband, because it's funny we're talking about like, you know, our relationships with our partners and then replacing possibly your father. But Tony came into my life and provided for me in ways I have never like felt when I was in college, he paid my tuition. He made sure my rent was paid. He would visit every weekend. We would visit each other up and down 77 in Rock Hill. He would make sure we, me and Michelle had groceries in the house. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That had gas in the car. Because I was you there eating too. <laughs> <laughs> he made sure I was straight. You know, and that's, that's like that misconception where people talk about daddy issues in society about like a, the gold digger, right? I wasn't digging for nothing, but I loved that Tony loved me enough to pay for me to make sure I can eat. Yeah. You know what I mean? So those are things that I was missing at the time in my life when my dad decided he didn't want to be a part of mine. I'm like, bro, and you know, even the, most recently, I did screenshot the results of the DNA test to my dad. This was back in, what was that, just like February, I think. Yeah. Um, and it really came to a head when I had fucking Crohn's didn't know about it. Wow. <laughs> you know, and I, and you know, I, I was going through 2019 was trash for me. I think 2020 is trash. I'm fine. But I was going through all these health problems yeah. and I'm super triggered because by then my daddy issues were in remission. What I like to call, you know, like cancer goes into remission. You know, I'm cool. You know, I've managed my symptoms, but they were super triggered because I had this stomach issue and I didn't know what it was. And my husband being who he is, was my nurse and cared for me like day and night. Because, and we didn't know what was going on. And so I couldn't, again, answer a genetic question. So I kept feeling this tug. I need, I need to get a DNA test, but my dad won't do it. Like, what the hell am I going to do? So that was a huge push for me to even finish the book. But still, when I talked to daddy in February, I gave him the results. We need to talk about this face-to-face. -face. I'm not going to be a part of a Maury Povich episode. Oh I'm like, daddy, I know. I know this is just what it is. <laughs> like, okay, well, I'm down to have a conversation. And I, when we had, when I got the results, which I knew like 98% that he was my daddy. Like I look like this nigga. Like he can't deny it, <laughs> you know. And you know, I just knew, but I wanted to hold him accountable. My intentions changed over the years, though, because at first it was like I deserve an apology. I'm going to make you say you're sorry, and I'm going to call you to the carpet. And everybody's going to see, and I'm doing it at a different way now. Definitely wrote a whole book about it, but right. it's, it's <laughs> you know, because I'm like, there. I'm not the only one going through this they whole thing. It. So, um, we still, we have not talked to this day, and he did what he does, and unfortunately, it's what, July now? Yeah. And he was supposed yeah. to be going to get back to me February 14th, which is actually the last time I was in the hospital for my Crohn's, and, um, 
has not reached out to me, supposedly knows about my health condition, but hasn't reached out to me about it. So how much do you really care? Like you say that you like love me and you know, how can those abandonment issues not rear their heads or rejection not rear their heads? And he told me, you know, I'm getting older. So I need to compartmentalize, quote unquote, the way I handle stuff. So now to me, you're telling me I'm the last compartment, quote unquote, that you want to deal with. So again, I'm getting that over and over again. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to publish this damn book. (laughs) You know what it it sounds like? What I'm hearing you say is that this book maybe has helped you to accept some of that and not pursue it. For sure. Like, I'm, I'm over it now. Like, I don't even have to talk to him about it. <clears throat> yeah. I want to. I And I think that the way that we've handled conversations over the years has been so unproductive because I will pop off. I am my daddy's child, and he has a temper. <laughs> and so, I mean, you know, what do you think you, I got that from? But I have worked through <laughs> so much of that now that if we were to sit down and talk, I'll be totally fine. I don't think there'll be any reason for me to yell. As a matter of fact, I really hope he buys the book because, no, I haven't talked to him about it. Hope he buys it and reads it because everything that I've been wanting to say over the years, I have not been able to articulate. And it's there. And he can read it and actually see, like, what I was feeling. And, you know, I do want to make very clear that I am not trying to villainize my dad. Mm. It's not what this book is about. I'm not trying to villainize black men because, you know, statistically speaking, black homes are the ones that don't have fathers in them, you know, um, compared to their white counterparts and everybody else. But so I'm not trying to villainize anyone, calling them out, bring black men down, nothing like that. This is a chance for us to heal families. And you have to be uncomfortable up front before you can actually do that. So the title of the book is Daddy Issues. The tagline is how to detangle from the sins of our fathers. Because throughout the book, I'm talking about how daddy issues impacts dating, marriage, motherhood, relationships. I'm really giving it to you. And in between each chapter, you get self-care check-in questions. Um, They're expanded upon in the workbook. So, you know, you really get a chance to get your therapy on by yourself, which we can talk about later. But the tagline is detangling from our fathers, plural, because our ancestors can be healed through the work that we're doing on ourselves, right? So our, our dads are not doing this because they want to be jerks. Right. I know my, my dad is a survivor of severe emotional trauma. And so I had to learn through my own work and rewriting the story about what happened with us that he couldn't give what he didn't get. He didn't know how to do mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. if I heal myself and if we happen to have a conversation about this, then maybe he'll learn something, you know, will be better. That that bond is better. And I'm, I'm holding out for that and praying that that's what's going to happen. But this is a chance for us men and women to really kind of face the negative stuff yeah, and really actually fix it. Like we run away from so much crap that that's why we're in this disgusting cycle. But if you're buying this book, you're buying it because you want to be a cycle breaker. And that is the point of daddy issues. That's what I'm trying to do. I love it. You, um, I want to make sure my statement is correct before I make it. When, okay. You said you worked with a therapist for about a year to work through some of your stuff. Mm-hmm. When when was that? Was this? Did you start pursuing this with your dad, trying to find things out before or after the therapy? Before therapy, like trying to get answers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is something that I've run into, and ladies um, and fellas, I want you to take my advice on this. Um, me personally, I had 
issues with both of my parents. And it came to a point to where, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but, you know, there's a bit of fear when it comes to your parents. Like, you're just not going to say and do certain things when it just comes to your parents. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. I was the don't talk back. I slapped the shit out you. Like, you know, <laughs> the, the stereotypical stuff we joke about. Um, I wasn't crazy abused or anything like that. But um, I there were times where I was like, this isn't right. I got to have the conversation with my dad. This isn't right. I got to have the conversation with my mom. And once I did that, thank God that they were open to the conversation and we had it. That was it. My relationship with them was forever changed and it would change for the better. And what I've seen with, with two of my exes anyway, who had the, I guess, I don't know which girl they, well, one of them was promiscuous. They never they they kept saying they have this issue and I and I would say not pushing, but I would share what I just shared with y'all and say hey, you need to have a conversation with them. Like even mm -hmm. if they don't give you mm -hmm. what you need, you need to get it off your chest right. so that now you know that they know, mm -hmm. and they're at least gonna think about it because eventually they may come around, they may not, but you've gotten it off your chest. And I commend you for being brave and strong enough to pursue it as much as you did because most people just think they can bury it and bury it and bury it. You're not burying it. It's 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 manifesting in all your other relationships. And like you mm -hmm. said, you know, something's wrong with me, but I don't know. It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. you need to yeah. have that conversation. Especially because you, and thank you for that, because you can't, you can't unhear things. Once it's out there, they can't unhear. Your parents heard you and it was like, whether they liked it or not, this is how Rob feels. Damn. Like, right. yeah. you know? And, and so, they can um, choose to take it or, I, I'm waiting for mama issues because that's what I got. I got yeah. I've had but, so many people reach out about that. When are you writing that book? Yeah. And Serious? I mean, I, they can choose to accept it or they can choose to move forward, but they heard it. You they know, heard they, it. they heard it and they can't, they can't say, oh, well, you never told me because no, I absolutely did. January 19, 2016. <laughs> we, like, like, we had this conversation. Remember that so, time? Christian, in closing, like what, I think you covered it, but mm -hmm. let's just put it out plain. What do you want people to get from this book? I do not have a resolution for me and my dad right now, right? So we're not mm -hmm. talking. I want people to know that even though you don't have this nice little bow, mm -hmm. you know, on your ugliness, that you can still be healed. You do not need the other person to do your work, sis, yes. sir, okay? <laughs> so that is what I really want people to get out of this is to first, you know, acknowledge it. Um, okay, so I have a daddy issue, you know, this is what's happening. I have a problem with crack, whatever it is. Like, you have to say it first, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Damn. Um, and then, you know, once you say that, then you can start the work. And I'm, I'm hoping that people will pace themselves through yeah. the book because it is pretty heavy. It, it took me a little while to write it because it is very triggering for me to write about that and sit with that stuff again. But um, you have the tools to do it, and you have the strength to. Nobody needs to work through this whole book in a week and say, oh, I'm healed, you know? And I say, like, this book, along with the workbook that goes along with it, like I mentioned the, the speed bumps, if you will, which I'm calling them, the questions that are in between each chapter to reflect and the activities that, for self-care, they're all throughout the book, but they're in the workbook, too. Um, and 
I've expounded upon them in the workbook to give you room to write and to journal so that you can, again, take your power back because that's what trauma is, is that unfortunate invalidation of self, of your space, of your confidence, all that stuff. And so this is giving people a chance to get, I think, a good six months worth of therapy in this book. Ooh. And together it's like 40 or 50 bucks after shipping and stuff like that. So, and that's less than one session with Jessica right here and with me, right. you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> but we still encourage you to get those sessions. But you know, I've had people and nobody's actually said this directly to me about this, but you know, you talk about, I'm not spending a hundred something dollars to go to therapy. Okay, cool. Don't invest in yourself. Go buy them bundles, sis and dye your hair. Go do that. Go buy them J's, sir. Go go to that concert and don't invest in yourself and see how much you um, are happy after getting those things because those that's not that's help a you. Whole, yes. whole different talk, ain't it? That's but right. I just, you, know, you, gotta, you gotta bring that part up because this is about investing in yourself and so I'm really hoping that people do that on this journey and also know that, you know, it's okay to want to talk to somebody. Like, yeah. I think I speak for you and me just when I say come to therapy with us is dope. Like I have fun when I'm in session. And and it's scary. And, and when you said that, even I got a like little twinge of ooh, like because investing in myself as a businesswoman has been terrifying for me. Yeah. But it is so worth it. Mm-hmm. And and if that is a thing that you need to do, because yes, you could totally talk to your friends and I encourage people to have a village and talk to your friends. But remember, these people don't have the training necessary to help you to uh, gain the insight that you may need. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, use your village, absolutely. But also remember there are resources. There are There's this wonderful book, this Daddy Issues, How to Detangle from the Sins of Your Fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I screw that up every time, so I apologize, Christian. Got but basically, get the book. Save and the workbook. Yes. In the workbook, save mm-hmm. up your coins, and have you a session or two. Get you a and, session. And, and it's, not, it's not therapy as you see it in the movies. I think that's the problem we oh, need yeah. to have. Yeah, it's not yeah. like that. Rob, you've experienced the taste of the therapy. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. I heard you talk about that on the podcast on another episode. Yes, I cried afterward. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm currently shifting things so I can continue because it's important. There's just things like you said. You know, you can have your circle and you can have your friends, but they don't have the training. And your friends think they know you, but we always keep a bit of ourselves to ourselves. And it's funny. It's yeah. When you go to therapy, just tell them everything because you want to get the answers you should tell them everything if you want the real answers if you want actual help so yeah yeah and i love there's like a meme floating around it's like when my therapist asked me about my favorite pizza topping and next thing you know i'm crying about <laughs> right and i'm pulling out all of my time i am like, that therapist i'm like me too. In with me tell me how your week was chad that's a good show now remember that time your daddy said right and like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to remind you of on Glee when you heard that. <laughs> oh my I'm god! I'm gonna turn it right back on. No, I, I do have I do have a question. I thought of um, what's that? What advice 
besides, you know, obviously y'all need to buy the workbook and buy the book to help yourselves. But for men like me who have dated girls with daddy issues, the relationships did not end well. Obviously, I want to continue to date because I do want to marry, get married. I do want to have children. What advice do you have for the men out there who are dating these women? Ugh, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Turn your camera back on. So I think that you brought up a couple of good points. Anyway, first of all, I think that the first thing is to exercise some empathy for these women. Absolutely. Because not. we are, <laughs> I mean, we're all going through something, That's true. You're which, right. you know, brings me to the next point. You know, we're not making assumptions about these women. Um, if anything, when you feel uncomfortable or triggered, um, which is really what that is, use that as an opportunity to lean in, learn. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't just sit in this space and just assume that things are going to get better or that she don't know what she's talking about. She ain't never going to be fixed because, bro, there's probably something going on with you too. And there are um, daddy issues that you may be dealing with as well, which you said here in this show. So using that as an opportunity to say, okay, I need to sit with this. This is touching some of my stuff. Like mm -hmm. some of my stuff is coming up because in a relationship, there's an exchange. There is no way that you're going to be in some dance and somebody's sitting still. They may be tapping their toes. That's still movement. Like there's still some kind of exchange, some kind of energy that's flowing. So you got to use that as an opportunity to do your own work. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that it would be cool if um, if men like really made it plain, even if you just write it down, some bullet points, what you were looking for in a relationship and write to yourself where you learn those values. Mm -hmm. Why do you want why do you want that type of woman? Ooh. Where does that come from? And if something is impeding you, quote unquote, obtaining those things, then that's probably that's coming from you. That's your own stuff <clears throat> getting in the way of it. Yeah. And I like I like that you said, like, um, she ain't never going to be fixed because I see couples uh -huh. and in every time, no matter what, it is either the woman bringing him in and be like, fix him or the uh -huh. man bringing her in and be like, fix her. <laughs> and the truth of the matter is, unfortunately, we're all a little broken. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. unfortunately, and, and, and as a man, you have to acknowledge those where you have those deficits uh -huh. and and saying, like Christian said, what is this touching in me? Like, why is whatever's coming up for her uh -huh. a thing for me? Right. Um, and even, you know, why you want that type of woman? Just like, I know for a fact I am nothing like my husband's mother. I love when she comes to visit because she cooks, <laughs> cleans. Like, she's just so attentive to the kids. And I can go and, like, be mm -hmm. a spaz like I am. I don't know what attracted my husband to me, but I have told him several times, I'm not your mama. You need to figure that out. Uh -huh. <laughs> so oh my God. just being introspective about you. And, and, and that is what's important about relationships and what everybody misses about even me. That's what uh -huh. I missed about the relationship is like, no, I just need you to do these things. But uh -huh. then I have to realize why, why do I need those things? Uh -huh. So yeah, you know, that just reminds me of actually, um, I know we're closing, but I do want to share this one. Are we closing? <laughs> I mean, I just don't see an end to this, and it's all good stuff. I'm never mad. I'm never Rob's mad like, when I'm, my we're no. We're never ending. I'm never mad when my guests want. Like, this is what it's about, man. People need to. This is therapeutic. Give me a free session, double session. Okay, <laughs> I need this, man. I don't I've been hurt by these women, so I need. I'm yeah. trying to understand where they're coming from. 
Ooh, well, and acknowledging that. that. Yeah, okay. that's a lot of work in itself, but I am seeing the sweetest young man. I haven't seen him for two years. And I remember when, we'll call him Bob. When Bob called me, he was like, um, yo, I saw your thing online and I mean, I think something might be going on with me. I don't really know. I don't know if I believe in therapy, bro, but, but can I make an appointment? I was like, cool. This is what it looks like. Meet me here. Okay. So we got together and we've been like rocking consistently for, like I would say about two years now. And he wants to do this work. He wants to do the work. And I love it because he'll do the homework and everything. We read through Charlemagne the God's book together Mm -hmm. because he wanted to understand his anxiety. Like he is such like, an amazing young man like he's in the military got a good job just bought a house like a catch he's a kappa man so you know so i'm like um he's like and i say that because he's like i achieved all the things you know even the frat bro like i just got everything i want but i just cannot make it work with these females and i'm like let's get into it the he has both daddy and mommy issues his mommy issues are very they're 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 heavier Mm -hmm. um but he's a product of divorce, unfortunately, and that y'all know what that does to a family. Me too. Um, yeah, same. So what what I just asked him, well, his patterns of relationships are that he doesn't have a full relationship. He'll talk to these females. He goes for the unattainable woman, quote unquote. That's what one of his females friends told him. Um, because he finally was like, I need to talk to my homegirl, see what kind of what's my type? Like, do I have one? Because he he has interested females, right? Like he was like, I can get a girl, you know, it's fine, but I'm not interested in the ones that just like easily come. So he had to sit with that thing and just be like, I can't get the unattainable female like the one that doesn't really pay him attention or whatever and that's when we dove into his mom issues where you know his mom unfortunately he was like a parentified child we call like he had to be the man of the house once dad left and they separated he remarried or whatever so he had to for whatever reason do a lot to get his mom's attention which is after she started working so much and wasn't really paying attention to him um not because she was being malicious but she was busy you know she was a single mom then. so his pattern in relationships was see me see me and I'm going to do all these things, get these gifts and this stuff for these women, and they're going to pay attention to me finally. What he didn't get was how to be a man in a relationship, quote unquote. And you know, we can talk about that nuanced term I even just said later. You know, that's a whole yeah, different Yeah, shit. yeah, you're going to have to explain but, that. <laughs> but, you know, like the, the traditional um, masculine role in a relationship. So he just didn't understand. He, he doesn't see his value. That's what it all comes down to. Like, Ooh. you, you want to hear from... His, and I was like, do you even, you, you said on paper, and like Jessica said earlier, something about knowing logically one thing, but not really feeling it. We have our left and right brain. Mm-hmm. So, you know, logically I know, which is where logic, reason lives, our left brain. But our emotions are housed and processed in the right side of our brain. So it's really right brain. He just feels super anxious. He's very empathetic and sensitive. And he knows that I can't do something to mess this up because I'm so close with this girl and I really, really like her, but she's not respecting him, frankly, (laughs) you know? And he is such a sweet young man, but I asked him, what do you actually feel about yourself? Like, you can tell me on paper you look great and you know that you're a catch, but you don't feel like what's getting in the way. And the truth is, for the fathers who are out there and have sons, 
you need to be pouring into your sons from jump and telling them they need to hear it from you, dad, that you were amazing. I can tell my sons all day. I have two boys. I'm raising two future fathers one day. (laughs) And we're we're just trying not to screw our kids up. But I tell them all the time how amazing they are and stuff. And I had to train my husband to do the same because I don't want them seeking that from some female or male, whoever they decide to date. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want him to know that because that that is the, the gap for that young, for Bob. He just can't get, oh it, it it, I love watching him, but it's also so heartbreaking because he is doing amazing things and yeah. it's so much for this young woman. And I'm just like, for what, bruh? Like, if I could, and if it was ethical, I would find him a young woman that would appreciate him. But he just, he has not gotten over that hump of really knowing who he is and accepting him. Now, I hate that for him, but his his dad issues are just that, self-esteem. Yeah. And you see, in and black men, it looks different. It looks it different. It does. And it's mm-hmm. interesting that you say, like, about teaching the fathers to pour into their sons because mm-hmm. I see it. Like, I know Mr. Tony. Mm-hmm. I, think he's a, I think he's an amazing father. I think Carl's an amazing father. But what I see in both of them is they probably parent the way that they were parented, like, right. Come on, boy. Why right. you know work harder, run faster, yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're pushing mm-hmm. them, they're motivating right. them in their mind, and that's the way they show love. Right. But boys need to also hear from their dad, "I love you." Right. You know, oh my gosh, you didn't catch the ball, but it was amazing how hard you tried. You know, right. th- those things that mom said. Yeah. Those <laughs> things mom said. You know, oh because Carter's very sensitive. He's he gets frustrated real fast. So um one the next day Tony was like, but good job for trying. That was for your mom. Oh <laughs> damn. <laughs> he knows how important it is for me to have our son hear that from him. Yeah. Because yes. at the end of the day, my boys want daddy's approval. That's and that is what you know Bob is looking for. He's looking for approval from his parents. I've done a good job. Like, why don't you see me? But he's again acting it out in his relationships. I need you to see that I took the extra mile and went to the store and got your favorite candy, babe. Like you don't see that, that. you know, that doesn't make me feel great. Um, oh so many things. And I love when men come to therapy because like I had one dude say, you know what? You be saying stuff. I don't be thinking I need to talk about <laughs> <laughs> And you know, you just have to kind of interpret that because men are just going to present differently in therapy, period. Yeah. Um, men's daddy issues look different. Men's depression, it, it appears as anger and aggression. It's different for men. So you have to think about it on that end. Um, but I really hope that, you know, if, if men read this book and they get it, they know that it's not just for understanding the women in their lives. It's really just like, damn, that might be me too. It, right? um, I sound, Bob sounds like me maybe about, hmm, maybe about six years ago, but it's weird because I had a stronger relationship with my dad and my dad, I looked at the way he courted women and I think it was because my dad had those daddy issues with his mm. father, he passed that down to me because I was always taught to court a woman, treat her like a queen, yada, yada, yada. And my homegirls were the ones that be like, yo, like, you doing all this stuff. Like, what is she doing for you in return? What are you getting out of this? Exactly. And then it was like, fuck, I'm getting broke. That's what I'm getting. So I, <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of, I've curved that now. Like, I still do it, but 
now I at least, well, one, the confidence in myself and my abilities and what I'm achieving and accomplishing in my life, I feel good about myself. I know what I bring to the table. I found that value piece. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of like, I still do those things because I, that's just, I just love black women. And, mm-hmm. but now it's like, I've learned to hit the brakes a little bit and give them a chance mm-hmm. to reciprocate or see if they're going to reciprocate or see what reciprocation looks like from them because it's mm-hmm. very telling because they'll say, oh, thank you. So sweet. So nice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're telling me these things. I can get words from anybody. What are you doing to show me? Like, let me, what's your love language? Like, let me find mm-hmm. out where you, where you at. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and I, know that it's okay to say that. Yeah. Because yep. for whatever reason, like, men don't express that. And that's what, what Bob is doing is, like, he said, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. If I say something, Gotta say it. then she might walk away. That's good. what he's thinking. Good. And that's, and that's, that's, good. And that's not your person, right? That's, that, you that's know, your person. You don't want to be alone. That's, I can't tell him that. I don't want to be alone syndrome. But, no, I'm, yo, I'm so straight up. I just met someone new like a month ago and we've been we haven't met because of covid but we message and talk every day and we've told each other just damn near everything because i'm like look i don't want to waste your time and i don't want you to waste my time if you ask i'm gonna tell it damn it and i'm gonna ask you do you like me what do you like i'm gonna ask you these questions because I need to know where your head is because I've gone, I'm not doing this whole three month thing. Yep. I don't know I'm going to be with you. Nigga, you knew this date number five. Right. Hungry ass. Right. And, and you know <laughs> you what's funny is a lot of people, a lot of people wait until they get older, right? Oh, I'm 35. I don't have time for this. I'm going to say what I want. Guys, if you're listening and you're younger, Do you're it. 18, you need to be Start saying me. what you want now. Yes. Your time is valuable now. You don't need to wait until you feel like, oh, I'm old. I need to, you know, say what I want. Say it now and say it plain. Like I, I one of those. I was one of those people too. I did a lot, and then I would just like, well, why are you not doing this back? And I would never say anything. Yeah. And then they like, well, why you got an attitude? I just think it's funny that I did, <laughs> you know. And then now we in an argument. So just say it, guys. Just say it. But Christian, I'm sure you gotta get back to your babies because I know I gotta get to mine. I know Rob. Rob is like, what y'all mean? Let's keep going. I gotta. Get, I got my baby over there too. It's a black Xbox, but you know. Whatever. But uh, uh, <laughs> we're all right, we're gonna close for real this time. Um, I'm not gonna ask you the question I normally ask guests because you already answered. I was gonna ask you what advice you give the people out there looking to pursue something similar to what you do or mm-hmm. in the vein of the therapy realm, but I kind of feel like you've answered that. It's like your life story kind of pushed you in that direction. But is there anything you want to add to that? <laughs> no, I think that's that's probably it. You know, the pain. They obviously say therapists are trauma survivors. Like we're trying we're trying to fix ourselves through being a therapist. <laughs> so that was definitely the motivation for sure. But yeah, man, lots of hard work, but it's definitely worth it. We don't get paid for it, but I don't do it for the money. Yeah, we about to though. We about to get this point, <laughs> but that's not where it starts. It can't start there. It can't, yeah, because then you will definitely give up, and people will miss out on what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and y'all don't yeah. want to miss out. So, um, once again, thank everyone for listening. Member, member, remember to like, <laughs> share, subscribe, review. Um, Miss Jackson, Mrs. Jackson, pardon me. 
<laughs> Tell the ladies and gentlemen out there where they can find all your stuff. This will also be in the description, but go ahead and shout out all your things, your book, your Instagram, your Facebooks. <laughs> yes. Okay. So the book again is called Daddy Issues, How to Detangle from the Sins of Our Fathers. Um, you do have to put the whole title in if you're going to go to Amazon, which is where you can find the paperback and the Kindle version of the book. You can get the ebook uploaded right away. Um, you can also find the book at couchwithchristian.com. You can go to Instagram and search me at couchwithchristian and the same on Facebook and just roll with me. And Jessica, I mean, Melody, shout yourself out again, please. I've been doing it the whole time. It's all good, guys. Um, so, my government, y'all know it's Jessica, but I'm Melody Podcast. You can find me at Engine Counseling on the Instagram, same on Facebook. And I'm just going to be popping up on from my experience. I'm just going to be sending Rob random stuff and be like, hey, post this. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys can't get rid of me I'll be here yeah. I'll arrive and y'all know where y'all can find us FME underscore podcast also on Facebook from my experience podcast I don't know what happened but I just had like 10 people request to get in the group in the last 2 or 3 days thank you Yay. continue to share join the group mm. join the discussion if you have any questions comments you can hit us up FME podcast 1 at gmail.com we love y'all take care of yourself mentally physically, financially, and sexually. Mm -hmm. and yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I got to plug this too. If you go to Envision Counseling, you can hit my pure romance page. Get yourself something to take care of yourself sexually. Okay? <laughs> we will catch y'all next time. Peace. And we out. Peace. Bye.